0: If you weren't here last week, there's a little laminated card here of a partnering prayer that Alexander Fenter uh, shared with us and taught us. It's a nice little laminated that can go into your Bible. And uh, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to repeat after me, please. Because so often what we do is we just go, whoa, hey, hello. Yes, Lord. Your servant is listening. Speak. Um, is, yeah. Close your eyes and repeat after me, please. Father and Son, my body is your temple by your Holy Spirit. Let me sense your indwelling presence. Let me feel your appropriate emotions. Let me think your wise thoughts. Let me hear your intimate voice. Let me see your creative works. Let me breathe your sweet fragrance. Let me speak your life-giving words. Let me touch your broken creation. Let me walk your righteous ways. Let me do your perfect will. As it is in heaven. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Just an appropriate, helpful tool that I know Alexander does most mornings. And I believe it's a real helpful tool key for us in this next season. To put this and commit this to memory. And start to just pray this to God so that we can in all of these things as we go throughout our day. When I saw this a few weeks ago, I... And I've been preparing preparing this message for some weeks. I felt like that clip was for a number of you folks here this morning. That you're walking around defeated. And that actually God's called you to lead and to change atmospheres in where you move and have your being. In your workplaces, in your family life. And that God's given you a present word. God's given you both the present word to navigate through the valley of the shadow of death, but also for a destiny. So that word is something that God has already spoken over your life, but now you're in the valley and you can't actually see the destiny that God's actually called you into. So a couple of weeks ago, I shared this and let's read it together. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family on heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, that he may strengthen you with power through, in his spirit in your inner being. Remember that, that he may strengthen you with power in his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all God's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him, who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine according to his power that is in work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout every generation, forever and ever, and there's actually an Amen at the end of it. This is a response. This is an invitation that's calling for a response. And I drew my picture and I'm using my picture, not Louise's. I like my picture. Remember what I said is Ephesians 2 tells us about how we've been built as a temple, these living stones. Into a place where we then, if you read that text, it's about us having faith to appropriate the love of God. Because without the love of God, 1 Corinthians 13, we're, a, we're just a bang, bang, bang. We're nothing. So we need the foundation. And when we understand the love that God has for us, we're able to love ourselves and love one another. And we, how will they know us for our love for one another? And so when we understand that and Jesus dwells within us and we comprehend the dimensions of his love, that's when we receive the strength and power of Holy Spirit. Then we encounter God in his fullness. And remember what Ephesians 1.23 says that we are the church, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. I don't know about you, but when I look around what the church looks like in our in our world today, we are not the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. But when we get to get the full measure of God in us, we are then able to live beyond our imaginations. To live beyond what God wants and has asked of us. And I'm just gonna turn this thing off or redirect it because it's gonna blow. In my microphone. So what I was trying to say earlier is, it's amazing to be on top of the mountaintop, isn't it? How many have done the chain ladder? And you get up there and you, and you look over the whole cathedral area, the cathedral peak area, and you get this present word from God and God speaks and says, Gary, this is what I want you to do. I want you to plant a church. And I tell Louise and God speaks to her and we go, okay, that's what God has said. And we see that there's a promised land out there. And there's a whole bunch of places to navigate. And if you're in the burg and you look, I don't know how many of you have hiked in the burg, but you can actually hike and you go over and you go over and then all of a sudden you get stuck because you're on this buttress that has no way back, but you have to go back because you can't actually traverse what's in front of you. And many times you get up there and you go and, you, and you, you're hiking for hours and you realize actually we've taken the wrong path. We need to go back and find the path to get us back onto because we can see where we're supposed to get. We can see the mountainside, the mountain top where God wants to speak to us again, to take us to the next level. But we've now lost our way and we go back and we land up in the valley and we land up in this place where we cannot see the product of the promise anymore. We cannot see the promised land. And we start to get despondent and we go, did God really say? And the enemy comes in and he says, did God really say, Gary? This isn't working. That's not working. And what I really want to speak about this morning is how do we traverse the valleys, to get back up onto the mountainside. And there's two things. We have the present word of God that helps us traverse through those things, but also the present word of God that speaks a destiny over us. What has God called you to? Are you like that guy Brock or whatever his name is? Brock? Who goes, ah, we're going to play, on, but we so what? We're not going to win. Are you that person that's, Oh, South Africa, ah, oh, the crime, ah, oh, this, ah, oh, that. And whatever comes out of your mouth is negative, and yet God's called you to be an atmosphere shifter. We've got an unfair advantage as Christians. We have the Holy Spirit who is inside of us. God lives in us. And are we living from that place from within, or are we allowing the without to determine who we are and what God's called us to? So what happens is I don't know about you, but God speaks a word in your life. And he says, Gary, I want you to plant a church because I I want the church to rise up and to influence the the society around you. Arise and shine for your light has come. The wealth of nations will come to you. Isaiah 60, that's what the word was spoken over us. And then four years ago, I have to go back to work because there's not enough finances. And I'm going, gee, God, we look great. It's like Abraham going, I'm a father of many nations, but I've got no kids. Did God really say, am I dreaming this, was this, How am I? and I'm in the valley, and I, don't, I can't see beyond, and I can't see the promised land that God has spoken over my life? How many of you are in that place right now? And there's a delay, and we can't see what God's saying. Well, in that delay, I think we've got, we're in great company. Look at that. Abraham waited 25 years for Isaac. Jacob waited 14 years for Rachel. Joseph waited 15 years before his dream came true. Moses waited 40 years before he led his people out of Egypt. David waited 15 years to become king. Jesus waited 30 years before starting his ministry. And Lazarus died while he was waiting. And we read this week in CBR. If you don't know what CBR is for the visitor's sake, it's community-based reading. We read the Bible together throughout the year. And if this, this, this week, we're in the gospel of Mark, and we see Jairus' daughter's sick, and he comes to Jesus and says, please, won't you come and pray for my daughter? She's on her deathbed. And then there's this unhelpful woman of blood who comes and stops him. And in that delay, his daughter dies. How many of us have allowed the dreams and the present word of God spoken of us to die? Well, Jesus can resurrect it, and we're going to look at some of these things this morning. So what is God's present word? And what I want to do is I want to to talk about both the fact that his present word helps us to get us through the valley of the shadow of death, back up onto the mountainside. But I'm also talking about the fact that there is a destiny that that present word talks about for us to get to. So right up front, God speaks with a future reality in mind. What am I talking about? Well, let's read Psalm 139. It says, Lord, and I want you to close your eyes while I read this one. Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul. And you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book. And you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before the journey even begins. You've gone into my future To prepare a way. And in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. This is just too wonderful and deep and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. Now, take that in for a moment. God has written a book about you that is in the heavenlies that he goes before you to establish it, comes and speaks that present word to you now to be able to get you into your destiny and then hems you in behind to stop all the mistakes from coming to haunt you and to stop you moving forward. Satan wants to take you back to your past. God wants to take you into your future. Take Joseph. For example, we are seldom ready for the present word that God has spoken to us. Many of us want to go, okay, we want to go into that promised land. The Israelites want to go into the promised land. They were farmers. They were, they were builders. They were building Egypt. And now they've got to fight. They've got to pick up weapons. And they weren't ready for it. Joseph was a man just similar. And when we read Psalm 105, what does it say? It says, so God decreed a famine upon the land. So guess who decreed it? God did. So God causes this famine. He cuts off the food supply, but it says, but he had already sent a man ahead of his people of Egypt, and it was Joseph. He was a slave. And it tells about all the fact that he was held, you know, with shackles and chains. And then it says, God's promise, or let's call it God's present word To Joseph, purged his character until it was time for his dreams his the present word to come to true. So here's Joseph. Now think about what's happening. You get a present word, just like Joseph. And you go, gee, God has said this over my life. God has spoken this over me through prophetic words. Remember the beacons that I had? Um, We've read the word of God. He's spoken to you in your quiet place and your friends and your spouse and everybody's going, that's who you've been called to be. And you go tell people. And they what, you, you say you're going to rule over us? Next thing, Joseph gets... Well, they're going to kill him, first of all. They decide not to kill him. They put him into slavery to the Ishmaelites. The Ishmaelites then go and sell him to, to the guys in Egypt. He goes into Potiphar's house. All of a sudden, he thinks, oh, gee, things are looking up. Potiphar's wife then says, no, he tried to rape me because he wouldn't uh, succumb to her advances. Lands up in jail. Then he interprets the dreams of a cupbearer and a baker. The baker gets... Uh, excommunicated in the real sense of the, the, the term Ex- executed and then the cupbearer forgets about him gets restored into his position and totally forgets about him how many of us have felt like that like God has spoken these things and then you go God do you remember me do you understand where I'm at I'm struggling I can't see that anymore you spoke about these things years ago it's x amount of years later and nothing's changed And I seem to have navigated certain things, but it's kind of like two steps forward, one step back, and I'm tired, and I I can't see what you've said. There's a lack. I'm starting to fear. There's loss. God, what are you speaking of? And we start to allow the world around us to impinge on us, and we start to lose focus about what God's called us to. See, often when God speaks a present word to you, you won't have the understanding of how to navigate it. And many of us get a present word, and we go, "This is what we're going to do." One, for example, God said to me before we planted this church that we would build this church in the lowest economic time in South Africa. I thought it was the brick and mortar, and it, and it is, and it was. But here we are. But actually what God's going to do is God's going to build this community of influence that is going to influence this area in the lowest economic time in South Africa. Why? Because people have lost their idols of financial provision and they seek the one and true God, the, one, the only one that can satisfy, not their paycheck at the end of each month. So often the present word has much more attached to it. And like Joseph, it has to test and forge our character so that our character is in the place to be able to sustain us in the promised land. If God had to put me into certain places before I was ready, I would get smashed. And the same thing with you. The present word God speaks to you is a destiny, but there's also a process to get you through into that destiny, just like Joseph. And as we read that text out of Psalm 105, it forged, it purged his character so that when he got into that position, he was able to withstand and hold the authority that he had as the second most powerful guy in the world. Thirdly, it's easy to live from the world around us. What do I mean? Well, if you go to Numbers 13, and I won't read all the text that's up behind me, is what are the spies? He sends out 12 spies. They go into the land, they come back, and they start to report. And they give this report that you can see in the text behind me, and they go, no, these cities cities are fortified. Ten of them go, we cannot do this. In fact, it even says, we are like grasshoppers in our own eyes. What they were doing was they were allowing their own flesh, their own circumstances, the world that they could see, the circumstances, everything around them showed them that they couldn't do this. But then in the middle there, Caleb says, he silenced them and he says, we should go up and take possession. We can do this because God said, we have his present word. God said, that's our land, let's go take it. And ten of them go, no, no. We're not going to do this. We can't do this because actually there's the Nephilim. They are giants in the land. The Goliaths of this world. Goliath was a, was a, a descendant from Anak. A huge men who, when we look at them and we look at our circumstance and we go, there's no ways that I can traverse that. There's no ways I can get through that. There's no ways that I can get over this obstacle in my life right now. And yet God says, has given you a present word. And your present word should say, despite what I see, God has spoken things over me. I'm going to traverse it because he said it. And God's called us to be a Caleb-spirited people. See, we've just done a series around the flesh, the world, and the devil. And all of those things are going to lock us out because it's all about fear, lack, and loss. When you're in those circumstances, Abraham, uh, fear, really, God? I'm I'm going to now sleep with my servant Hagar and, and produce Ishmael, which is interesting that Joseph was sold to the Ishmaelites. Can you see the the impact that it has in the future when we try and do what God's supposed to do? No, God's given me a present word. I will have a son and that son and I will become a father of many nations despite the fact that I don't have. What has God spoken over you? What is his present word over you right now? Or maybe in the past that you've put away, that you've stuck in the drawer, which you've forgotten about and he's starting to remind you here this morning. It's not about fear, lack and loss. Because again, why do you think there are giants in the promised land? Why do you think the giants? Because the bigness of the promise requires you to overcome the giants so that you can live in the bigness of the promise. If you walked in, did you think the Israelites walked in and there was a chocolate on the pillow of uh, AI and of Jericho? Yo, yeah, come on. Take on. Take our space. Yeah, it's your home. And we're leaving. No, they had to fight for it. Because once they established it, once they fought for it, it meant so much more. When we just get handed down stuff, we live in a world today, and I want to speak to parents right now. Stop protecting your kids. Stop protecting your kids from the world out there. Too many of us are molly our kids that when they actually get out there, they are not going to be able to live in the world that's out there because we've molly them so much. When they forget stuff of their sports equipment and their other stuff at home, when they're supposed to have taken it through, when you've asked them to prepare it the night before, when they haven't taken their lunch, when they haven't done it, stop protecting them and covering for them. Let them go through the pain of missing out because they didn't prepare things. They didn't plan things. We live in a world today that these millennials that we have have no backbone. And I know these millennials, oh, you don't know us. No, no, you guys have been mollycoddled way too much. You've been given so much that when you get out into that big frightening world out there, it'll crush you. That's why we need the giants. We need to be able to put our kids in front of a giant to be able to fight them. Otherwise, you put them in front of a giant in five, ten years' time and they're going to run away and wet their pants and not able to go through what God has called them to. The stuff that... I've been listening to over the last couple of months and the way that people are reacting around how life should be lived out and all the problems that they've got just because they can't have a hazelnut latte at a coffee shop. We live in the most prosperous time ever in this world. And yes, we have poverty. Yes, we've got problems. I'm not trying to put those away. But if we keep Focusing on all the th- and trying to stop everybody from seeing the pain and the woundedness around us. Now, sometimes our kids need to go through that. I don't, it's not even in my notes, so it must be a Holy Spirit. So the delay and the hardship and the giants that those, that, that, that represents is there to actually upgrade our identity because when we fight it, when we fight, whatever, when we traverse, when we overcome, what it does is it actually entrenches our identity and who we are in God. When we pray for somebody and they're healed, we train, somebody, so to give you feedback, remember we prayed for Quentin. Well, Justin posted, and they're away this weekend, but he posted on a group, and, and there's Quentin with his eyes bright and shiny. Not sure, scarred like you can't believe, this young boy for visitor's sake who jumped into a b-day in a home and burnt himself so badly that he should have died. And last week he was again on his deathbed, but he's now, they put the shunt back in and he's all sorted. So well done for keep on praying, keep on lifting this kid and the destiny of this child. God's got a destiny on this child. Why? Because Satan wants to stop a child from coming an adult because when they become an adult, they actually start to do what God's called them to do and the enemy runs like a scalded cat. Let's keep praying for that. But the point is, is those giants there, when we start to pray, our identity starts to, because we overcome. David comes before Goliath. Oh, you, Who do you think you are? Speaking about my God like that. Lands up cutting off Goliath's head. 10 out of the 12 focused on the giants. Two focused on the present word of God and the promise to walk into the promised land. See, Caleb and Joshua believed that present word and ultimately lived in the product of the promise. Every single other one died. One of the most tragic things for me is that I honestly believe that I am securing my salvation. Nothing will snatch me out of Jesus' hand because the covenant is between Father and Jesus, not between me. I simply respond by faith into that invitation, and my faith meets His faith, Romans one, and that's what happens. So I'm secure. I'm a son. I've got a ticket to heaven. And those who have responded to that salvation call are the same. But you know what? We've got an inheritance to gain, both here and in eternity. And what you do here matters. And so many of us, so many Christians never walk in the inheritance here, like many of those Israelites never walked in the product of their promise. They talked about the promise. How many of us talk about the promise? And, oh, the promise, and 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 And we never walk in it. We never put our feet into the promised land. And take the promised land that God has destined for us because we've lost sight of the present word that he's given us. So how do we do that? Well, we're called to live by the Spirit, which is the text that I read right up front. That the Holy Spirit would come and empower us and strengthen us to live this out beyond our wildest dreams and imaginations. We take this text. Here's Mary. Now think about it. We we kind of gloss over it. Ladies, imagine you're in your room at night. You're not married yet. And an angel arrives and says, oh, by the way, you're going to fall pregnant, and you've never been with a man. Okay? You'll be like Mary, but how will this be? How will this be that the Most High would come and impregnate me? So the Word, the present Word of God comes, but look what happens. It'll happen because the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the the Most High will overshadow you. So you can have the present word of God, but if you're not walking in step with Holy Spirit and allowing him to overshadow you and lead you, you will not respond like Mary and say, may your word to me be fulfilled. And she falls pregnant. How many of you have just heard about the pregnancy of the present word that God has for you, but you've never really conceived? You've never really fell pregnant? Because the world logic, you go, that can't be... Ron, stand up, please. Pascal, stand up, please. Howard, stand up, please. You guys have been called. Peter, stand up, please. You guys have been called to resource the kingdom. God has given you a present word. But I know all of you. I've had conversations over a cup of coffee many times. And you sit like Abraham without any kids at the moment. But I want to encourage you. I want to exhort you here this morning to hold on to that present word because it's going to come to fruition. And you may be in the valley of the shadow of death. But God's going to traverse you through that into the promised land. Don't quit. Don't give up. And so, Father, I want to prophesy over these men. You've given them a word, Lord, to be resources of your kingdom. And it may not look like that right now in the present, in the circumstances. But God, you are changing things. There is a shift in the atmosphere over you guys. And you know that. And you may not be able to see much of it now, but the trickle is starting. But there's going to be a flood that's going to come. And I love Karen saying, actually, he wants that as well. So stand up, Kieran. The Sea Dog business, so it will it'll explode in the next months to come. Who else wants that word? Stand up. See, we're passive. That's what Louis said earlier. Let's take it. Let's say, oh, well, the Gary's prophesying over those guys, but he's only, he's only spoken to them. No, no, I want that word. I want to grab a hold of that because God's also spoken that to me. This is a prophetic people that says, I want that. I'm not going to give up. And God, I know that I'm, I'm not pregnant yet. But God, I know that what happens is, is when your Holy Spirit overshadows me with that present word, I will conceive What Jesus has spoken, I will conceive the present word of God, the Logos, that will become a raiment to me, that I'll be able to traverse the mountainsides through the valley of the shadow of death, and I will have (laughs) a smorgasbord, a feast in the presence of my enemies. Lord, let it be so. May your word to all of these men and women be fulfilled in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. So when we receive the present word of God and we allow Holy Spirit to come and manifest over us, it leads to the manifestation of what he has said. Number five, God's word has an intent and destination. I've heard this so many times when you read Isaiah 55. that it, If you read that, the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it will yield seeds for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word. So is my present word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty or void, If you, depending on what translation you use, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So when God speaks a word, now remember that I'm going go to go into the next one is that God's word creates and he watch and watches over it, is that the Holy Spirit is hovering over the waters, waiting for the present word of God to be spoken. Holy Spirit's hovering over you, waiting for the present word to be declared by God, because when it is declared, it will create stuff that wasn't even there. You may be in circumstances or whatever, and you go, God, this is impossible. But Holy Spirit's there, God. I want to listen. I want to hear your present word. Because when your present word comes, Holy Spirit's going to manifest something that was never, ever there before. Because what God speaks, the authority and the government of God comes with it. But do we receive it? I believe as believers, we have become so bad in receiving what God has for us. But go, go search. Go, go, go into your, your Bible program and go, Receive. God's calling us to be a people who receive. When somebody's prophesying over you, stop praying. Receive. See, we we think we've got to work for God. And on one level, there's, there's a working that we need to do. It's not a passivity. I understand that. But most times, what we need to do is receive the present word of God, be empowered by the Holy Spirit that comes with God's full government and understanding from a wisdom from above, from heaven itself, to empower us to actually achieve the destination in which it was purposeful. Do we we honestly understand that and believe that? Because when we're in the valley, we don't, do we? And God's calling us to be a people because you know what God does? When he speaks it, he stands over it and watches it to be performed. Can you imagine that? When you go watch your kids, I mean, I go watch my kids swim and play hockey and all of those kind of things. I stand and I watch over them to see them perform what I know God's called them to. Our father's doing that all the time. He's in my car when I'm on my way to work. He's, he's with me when I'm swimming in the swimming pool. He's with me when I'm with my family. He's with me when I'm cheering the box on. God is watching over me to see his word performed in me because there's a destination that's taking me to because it will not return empty if I respond to the invitation. You see, there is an if. God's, God's a gentleman. He's not going to force us. And he brings us into that place of an invitation to be strengthened and empowered by Holy Spirit. To grasp the dimensions and love of God so that we can go beyond our wildest dreams and imaginations. It's an anointing that comes just like it came with Mary. When she received it by faith, it was conceived and manifested in and through her. Coming into land. How, how do we do this? One Kings. And I haven't got the scripture up there because I want to talk through it. Here's Elijah. He goes up to, it says it goes up to Mount Carmel to be intimate with God. There's been a drought in the land, which he actually called into being. But now he wants the rain to come. And what does he do? He goes and he... It says he actually goes up onto Mount Carmel and he puts his head between his legs. Now, not many of us do that to kiss our bums goodbye, but... <laughs> sorry, that was a joke. Paul wears well, Paul's nice you had to take that out. Is, the, the point is... is he, He goes into and he says, okay, God. And he starts to pray. And he starts to, with his imagination, see what God has said about the rain coming. And he says to his servant, go have a look. Nothing. Again, prayer. There's a prayer of importunity. Louise taught on this last year. What does that mean? It's the persistent widow. It's the dogged prayer. It's like it's Jacob not letting go and wrestling with God all night that he walks with a limp for the rest of his life. It's the, 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 the doggedness, the, the importuneness that I'm not letting go, God, until you do this. When God's given you a present word and things are not looking the way it should, we go like Elijah and we go, and if you go to James and you see and you, you get down and you go, God, I'm going to pray about this. I'm imagining all of what you've said. Not this positive confession because I have a present word and your Holy Spirit has overshadowed me. And even though I can't see things around me and the, the circumstances seem to indicate otherwise, God, I'm going to pray and I'm not going to let go because, God, you have said, and I know you don't need reminding. I do, so I'm going to pray. Let me go over. Look, second time. Nothing. God, you've said, you've said, arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has fallen upon you. You said you would stop traffic outside this church because of your presence. We may be a handful of people right now, but God, you said we would be an influence into this region that your kingdom would come. Let me go over. Look, traffic's not there. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, you've said, you said the wealth of nations would come to us, not for ourselves, but God, that we would be a conduit to churches around the city, around this country, that there would be church plants coming from here, that there would be a resourcing of your kingdom. God, I'm still having to work, God. We don't have enough money to pay my salary. Okay, God, God, you've said, God, you've said that leaders would rise up in this, in this community. Just like Brock that we saw, Lord. Lord, that they can they can do the death crawl across the fields, Lord. Are there enough leaders, Lord? No, there's not. God, you've said, God, you've said, God, you've said that we would have a children's ministry, Lord, where the kids would be touched and that this place is for future generations. God, our kids' ministry has been nowhere for many years. I see a cloud the size of a man's fist. People have taken over the kids' ministry, and we've had this up. Lord, you've said, we have a prayer meeting. We have 30 people arrive last week. We have 30 people arrive this week. God, you've said, the heavy rains are coming. Can you hear them? Can you hear them? I can hear them. Let me prophesy that in a year's time, this community will look very, very different. Where will you be? Have you responded to the present word of God? Not for the sake of life, but for the sake of the kingdom. Because we are to be the church, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. We cannot be filled with the full measure of God unless we are overshadowed by Holy Spirit and understand the dimensions of God's love that we can expect that he will do beyond our wildest dreams and expectations. We can only hear the present Word of God if we go up into the intimate place of God to hear Him. We can only get revelation if Holy Spirit, we have an intimacy with Him who reveals and opens up the Scriptures. When you're reading the Scriptures, I don't know about you, but Leviticus, when we were doing CBR, your numbers even, your revelation, your, it's hard going. But then all of a sudden, these these gold nuggets that pop up. If you're not part of a CBR group, be part of one. Every day you hear somebody comment, and you go, "Gee, that's amazing, God." There's an encouragement. There's a word. There's a, "Hey, guys, this is what God has said." Get part of a CBR group. It's very easy. Speak to Charmaine. Speak to me. We'll get part of get. Because every day you're reading the Word of God. Because we need the Word of God to come in. Because I need my subconscious to be when I've heard the Word of God. The present Word of God's come, but it's kind of faded, and it's fading, and it's fading. But when I meditate on the Word of God, it comes. And it washes, he washes me with his word. Holy Spirit overshadows me. And I stand up with shoulders back and I start to move into the future God has for me. We read Joshua this week, or early last week. What happens to Joshua when they fight AI? Because of Achan's sin, they get smashed. And there's Joshua lying on his face, maybe in a fetal position. And the angel of the Lord comes and says, what are you doing? I believe God is wanting to say to some of you this morning, what are you doing? Get up off your face. I have called you to this. I am going to empower you. I've given you the faith to do this. All you need to do is respond to my invitation. Will it be easy? No. Will you be betrayed? Yes. Will there be people who say, oh, who do you think you are? Yes. Will there be times that you feel alone? Yes. Will you be wounded? Yes. Yes. We follow in the great footsteps of our Savior, Jesus. And guess what happens after you die and you give yourself to Jesus? Resurrection comes. Now, maybe some of you have really messed up. God's given you a present word. God's called you into a future and a destiny. And you've, you kind of did a bit, but now you've messed up so badly and you're like Jonah. Remember Jonah. Jonah, I want you to go and speak and prophesy and preach the gospel, as it were, to the Ninevites because they need to be saved. No ways, God. I don't like them. They're this, they're that, and the other. I'm not doing what you say. Anything else but that, God. No, Jonah, I want you to go. What does Jonah do? Okay, so he goes down to the docks, and guess what? There's a ship going to? So let me hop on that because I'm not going to Nineveh. So many people do that. No, you know what? I tested God in this and uh, I went down to the docks and there was a ship going to Tarshish. I got onto it. No, no, no. Your, Your circumstances don't always determine that it's from God. Actually, this was a disobedient move. But guess what God does? God has already anticipated his disobedience and has already placed a storm for him to come into and it was already placed a place where he would get swallowed up by a big fish, not a whale, and a place for his repentance. So when you've messed up, God's already gone ahead of you to prepare a place for you to come to terms with the present word that He's spoken of and take you on. And here's the cracker. Guess what the Ninevites worshiped? They worshipped Dagon. Guess what Dagon was? The fish god. So can you imagine those guys who were on the beach that morning, who were worshipping the fish gods? And this big fish comes up and vomits uh, Jonah onto the beach. Not only does Jonah, through his repentance, come to a place where he can now walk out the present word of God and the destiny God's called him to, but God's provided him with a place where they all go, oh my goodness, this guy is from the gods, and whatever he's going to say now, we need to listen to. So who's messed up? I have. I have. But we lean into God and he's already gone ahead of us and given us the provision for our repentance to bring us back to where we were. And then he's provided a place for us to actually walk out the present word that he's spoken of to walk us into our destiny. It is so easy on one level. All we have to do is keep going. And Ephesians 6, which I taught the kids last week, is you do all of these things. And sometimes you're like, just stand. Carry on. But just stand. Just don't go back. And even if you've gone back, even if you say, but you don't know what I've done, Gary. Oh, so what you're telling me is that Jesus' provision on the cross wasn't enough for you. For some of you, I believe, don't give up because you're closer than you think. We need each other. When Joshua was in the valley fighting the Amalekites, Moses needed his arms held up. And he had Aaron and Ur holding his arms up. And when his arms dropped, they were losing the battle. I need my arms held up at times. I know you do, and hopefully I can hold your arms up. That's why we need community. God's calling us into this place to not give up. Because on all these levels that I've spoken of this morning, God speaks a future reality to you in his present word. What is that? He's forging your character. Why? Because he wants you to live in the product of that promise. And he's forging something inside of you that when you get there, you can withstand the pressures that that promise entails. You will be able to do what is required at Jericho. You will be able to overcome the disappointment of AI and overcome all the enemies so that you can live in the promises that he's spoken of, his present word. It's easy to live from the world. The world breaks in on us. The enemy deceives us. It's easy to do that, but we're called to live by the Spirit. Know that God's word will be fulfilled and we simply need to receive it. And sometimes we can't see through it, but it will create what it needs to create because it's what God has called us into and it will not return empty from that which it is sent to accomplish. The key is intimacy. Intimacy with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And part of that process is to not stop but to have this dogged prayer of importunity. May we become a people that transverse and traverse all of the things that have been put in front of us into the destiny that God has got for us. Why? Because we have a God who is so gracious that when we mess up, we can lean into Him. Abraham messed up a number of times. In fact, twice he said that Sarah was his sister. And that went on to his sons. Abraham was not the perfect, yet he's called the father of our faith. So now what? How many of you I've come here this morning and what I've said is spoken to you in terms of God's given you a present word, but you've let it slip. Okay, stand up, please. Come forward, please. I want you to face the congregation, please. So spread yourselves out. Who's in in a reasonably purple patch right now? You've you've kind of traversed a couple of things and you're on the mountaintop again and you've seen the destiny God's called you to and God's present word is, is firing you on a couple of cylinders. Maybe not all, but you're feeling relatively strong in God. Okay, stand up. What I want you to do is I want you to go and grab communion and I want you to have communion with these folks and I want you to pray over them and declare the destiny and the present word over them. So, off, off you go. So, all of you are now in the cheap seats. <laughs> I don't want you just to sit there passively. So, can I ask that you guys spread out? So, Maxine, spread out right across to the end of the carpet. Guys, can I ask Laura if you guys can spread out across there? You don't have to be in a line. Okay, so you can see people being ministered to. So let's wait for the guys who've got the... So find somebody who's not being ministered to right now. Has everybody got a ministering angel? All right. Join, join somebody who you feel to join. Okay, so now we can see what's happening is, is that there's people who are there. Now, maybe you're not sure where you are, but I'm going to ask you. You don't have to, but I'm going to ask you to get up and join one of these groups. And let's start praying and prophesying that we've been doing publicly over the last month. Let's go and encourage. Let's go and...